Are we ready? Uh, yes, I'm growing. All right. <coughs> Is the sound good, Steve? We, yeah. Do we, we probably don't need to ask you that. Uh, yeah, I've been monitoring it. All right. Ready? <laughs> Everyone ready? He's so serious. He's the best. Hello, and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage. I'm your host, Chris Savage. I'm joined by Sylvie here in the Wistia studio. I'm right here. You're right here. I'm right here in Hi, the buddy. studio. Hi, bud. Look at this. I know. <laughs> it's so nice to be back here. It is really fun. It's so fun. We're here at the Wistia on-site. Energy is different. Energy is exciting. We have a very special guest today. We sure do. Brendan Schwartz, my co-founder. CTO. Our CTO, my best friend. Um, he'll be joining us in this seat very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be talking about how we've been scaling the company, why we do the onsite, how it's been going, empower teams, lots of different stuff. So much stuff. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain of it. I'm certain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what's going on with you? What are you talking too loud about right now? Actually, you know what's got me talking too loud today? Specifically, Flower Bakery. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because our very first Talking Too Loud episode is it. with Joanne Chang. Yeah. Um, You're a big flower head. I'm a big flower head. And I went there this morning and mm -hmm. had like the most pleasant morning. Mm -hmm. And... You know, no thanks to Adam Day who let me down. I was just going to say. No thanks to Adam Day who asked if I wanted to get an egg sandwich with him and then left me in the lurch when I didn't Adam, respond quickly on, enough. Yeah. But I took myself to Flower <laughs> and got an egg sandwich. We love you, Adam. Okay. Got an egg sandwich. So theirs comes with, you can choose ham or bacon if mm -hmm. you want to eat meat. I want ham, mm -hmm. cheddar, mm -hmm. arugula, mm -hmm. and Dijonais. And it was delightful. Hmm. Wonderful coffee, picked up some cookies. Mm -hmm, you sure did. So flour really has me talking too loud. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I went camping. Oh. And uh, people who know me well are shocked by this. <laughs> <laughs> because you like luxury? Uh, oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was funny because like my mother-in-law texted me. And she'd been texting Zan and Zan wasn't responding. She texted me. She's like, where are you guys? Is everything okay? And I was like, we're camping. And she said, what? Chris Savage is camping? <laughs> but it was a friend's 40th birthday and his family has like a house in New Hampshire. And so we went up there, this lake, and they have some cabins. So it wasn't tent camping. No. So when I say camping, I should say, I mean, really glamping. Like I was in a cabin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there wasn't running water right where we were. Okay. There wasn't That's urn something. with water. Uh-huh. Um, Wi-Fi? No. Uh, no, but I had good 5G. Good 5G. So, you know, I was out there posting. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hitting the gram. Hitting the B-reel. You know B-reel? We talked about this last yeah. time. You like it? I'm not on it still. Okay, well, I hit the B-reel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was fun. Any and bears? No bears. There was concern. There was a... Actually, there was some animal making a very weird like screeching noise, which they said was a fisher cat. What's that? It's like, wah, wah. It's like <laughs> but it's like a, it's like kind of like a wolverine type thing or it's a weasel or something, something. <laughs> I, was, I just meant like, yeah, what kind of animal is it? Not what sound does the animal make, but <laughs> all I'm so I know happy. about it is the I'm sound. I'm so happy I'm just trying to be real with you. You are um, so real. All I know about it is the sound. Okay. And, uh, you know, they eat, some other kind of thing they're scary or something oh my god that's um, my worst nightmare i went to sleepaway camp for mm -hmm. many many years of camp. my life yeah. love camp and 
walking to the bathrooms at night is worst. It was the worst. Yeah. And like I would always have to wake somebody up to go with me. Oh really? Until I was about fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started going on my own. Yeah. And uh, that was a big summer for me. That is a big summer. But the walking to the outhouse in the middle of the night. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, I just had to do it. It was not It's fun. like animals and the scary stories that they tell you. Yeah. It's like, is there a fish or cat out here? Is, is there, there a, a porcupine out here? Yeah. Is there a bear out here? Is there another human, oh, in, human. The, in the outhouse right now? Right. Take my little ash, put it on the composting toilet. You know, it's just all a thing. Well, and, one time, here's what I'll tell you. Okay. One time I went to the bathroom and I was maybe like, like 11, mm -hmm. walk to the outhouse with my friend Nina, mm -hmm. and there's a note on the door that says, we have the important papers. And we both like looked at each other and like booked it back to the cabin. We didn't even go inside the outhouse. We have the important papers? Yeah. Does that mean like the important like toilet paper or what does it mean? Well, like, is that, I guess in that context, that's the important papers. We went back to the cabin, uh -huh. woke up our counselor. Uh -huh. She came with us uh -huh. and she was like, yeah, that's pretty weird. And then, yes, of course, it was the toilet paper and the boy's cabin, like an older boy's cabin, <laughs> had taken every single roll of toilet paper out of every girl's bathroom and piled they it. You. They raided everyone. Did they, they call it a raid? Um, I think that was a prank. Raids meant something slightly different. Raids meant you take your shoes? No. Raids, that was also a prank. Raids were when like a whole division would come and like cheer in the middle of the night and like shake your cabin. Wow, that's intense. You know, No, it makes... it's in cabins. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't, the puns are coming, which means it we means should be stopping. It's time to go to the guest, yep. Brandon, who will soon fill this chair. Yep. Um, talking about the onsite, all the other good stuff. And you know, it does give me an idea. This conversation gives me an idea. We have to come up with a prank that we'll do with the rest of the sunset. Oh, Don't you think? It. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the interview. <laughs> here we are. We're all here. Gang's all here. Wow. We're here. <laughs> this We're is talking just too loud. lovely. In person at the office. At the on-site, August 2022. It's real. Second ever on-site. We stay on-site. A second ever on-site. Um, and of course, today we have my co-founder, our CTO, my best friend, Brennan Schwartz is here. Put oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can too, Steve. They can't see him. Steve's here. Um, Thanks, Steve. Thank you. So really excited to have Brennan back on the show. And uh, last time Brennan was on, we talked about a lot of different things. But one of the things you were talking to you loud about was you would renovated uh, your basement, made it this glorious... <laughs> I did, yes, style. that's um, true. Yes. Um, so the question, obviously, we have to ask to start the show. Do I have any new home renovations? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. What's got you talking too loud, Brandon? I thought you said you had an answer for me. I just asked you this. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, I feel like I'm living a very balanced life right now. Is that a weird thing to say? That's what you're talking so, too loud about, the balance? Well, living? let me let me explain. Yes. So I recently started working out again, for the first time in probably three, two, how long yeah. is, when did the pandemic start? Two and a half yeah. years ago. Two, yep. two and a half years, yes. Um, that has been great. Definitely talk more about that. I also, relatedly, and this is an inspiration for doing this, I have been taking Spanish lessons uh, 
it's been two years and I do it every week, twice a week for an hour a day. That's amazing. And I am not someone who learns languages quickly. <laughs> I don't know how, Unless you speak French pretty well. languages, oui, oui. am I right? Oh yeah, I love computer oh, languages. Oh. Uh, but I feel like I have like friends who pick up language super fast and are very facile with it. That is definitely not me and my wife speaks fluent Spanish. My three and a half year old is about to turn four. He speaks fluent Spanish. You gotta speak Spanish. I have to speak Spanish. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I've done, you know, did the Duolingo thing, bounced off of it. And then when, during the pandemic, something popped into my head, I was like, I could do this. Yeah, and if could, I yeah. just committed to doing it and having the simple thing, it's very odd of having a person, you show up and you know, you feel bad if you didn't do the homework or you feel bad if, you know, she's waiting there and I don't show up. Yeah. So I show up and, two hours every week, I can speak Spanish now. That's amazing. Wow. Congratulations. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm Thanks. inspired. Yeah. I, yeah. Want, I think we should learn languages. You and I? Yeah. Okay. I think that should be a good goal for us. Sure. What will you choose? What language should you like? I would also choose Spanish. It's, it's, pretty, it's just, pretty useful. It's, it's, yeah, very useful. I went to South America a couple of years ago and took some lessons before and wished that I had taken many Yeah, you have lessons. to be prepared, that's the thing. You do. I went to Greece this summer and I was like, oh, I should know Greek. So Duolingo comes out and I'm doing it and I got like enough to like, just even understand the different Greek letters. And then I'm like, oh, it's too late. The only Greek I know from you is what is it? Horiatiki Parakalo? Yeah. Wherever I think of Greek, I think of that. Which <laughs> is parakalo. village salad, please. Yeah, is that right? Village salad, please. Oh. <laughs> It's just very useful. Horiatiki is like the classic. Salad. <laughs> what like utility local... that phrase holds? Well, it's like if you're really hungry. Village salad. Horiatiki, parakalo. It's a great pronunciation. I thought you were going to talk about future. That's future that the app. Well, yeah. it's a. The, I mean, oh, he got you on. Chris got me. I think I'm actually not paying for you. I'm in a free trial That's thanks right. to your uh, gener generous <laughs> gift. And Chris also got me for my birthday a set of extremely luxurious adjustable dumbbells. I did. Nice. Which oh, is a very a generous gift. present. Yes. That's, and now I use the, three times a week. The most weight that it can adjust to. 80 pounds per one, which is. 10 to 80. Which now is this is a record on video. More than I can lift. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone. I guess you can't sense the scale of this. I was trying to prepare maybe. for the future for you. You know, it's That's just a true. little long-term Maybe planning. one day. Oh, you will for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Well, it's exciting to be doing this in person. This is kind of weird. I know, we're, getting, look, we're like getting lost in yeah. the banter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so why are we doing this in person? This is the on-site. Let's talk about it. Um, how do you think it's going so far? <laughs> I mean, we're day two. Yesterday was amazing. Yeah. I feel like we were debriefing at the end of the day. Uh, we had a full day of activities, did a big kickoff yesterday. Chris and I did a kickoff that culminated with a rock, paper, scissors tournament which is if you ever need a really high energy activity with a group of people, yeah. rock, paper, scissors tournament is As undefeated. a participant, I can say it energized me in a way that I was not anticipating. Yeah, people are shocked by it how energizing so it is. Energi like, yeah. It was so energetic. I think we should describe also that's what true, it is. That's true, how to like, do basically it, Basically yeah. what it is is rock, paper, scissors, best of three, like rock, paper, paper scissors, shoot. shoot. Okay, so he got me. Boom. Best of three. If you lose, when you someone loses, they join the person who won and they, they cheer for them. Hype squad. So yeah. very quickly it goes through the whole crowd, and it took like probably three minutes, four minutes to go through yeah. 150 people. Yeah. 
And then it's everyone screaming and going absolutely bananas. And you really are invested. Whoever beat you, you just invest so much in that person winning. Two things that were very funny from my mm -hmm. experience of it. Number one, for all you New York listeners, I know I can't go yeah, an episode without talking about New York, Brooklyn, <laughs> la, 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 la. But we say rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. I know mm -hmm. I'm blowing your mind right now. But when we say it, we put in a says. Da, 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 da. That's how it goes. Yeah. So what? I was like, I'm from New York also, but not where in New York are we talking? Definitely in the uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn schoolyards. So basically, Brooklyn schoolyards. Every okay. Every chance All right. that Sylvie has, she wants people to know she's from Brooklyn, Brooklyn no. school. I, you know, there may be a very strong weed smell all throughout Brooklyn, <laughs> but it's that's what makes it so cool. I'm going to ask the other <laughs> Brooklynite slash Wistian if she was playing at a disadvantage too. You should ask, you should find Just out. Just like the tempo was off. <laughs> it was yeah. off. But it went, yeah, so we did that. So that was funny. Yes. The other thing that was funny was I played the winner of the whole tournament. Yeah. He was my second opponent. We can say his name, who won, right? Well, Matt. that's the funny part. Yeah. So the whole time I thought they were cheering Ben. <laughs> so I'm going Ben, 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 <laughs> Ben, Ben. And the whole time his name is Matt. <laughs> So there you go. Those were the two funny things that happened. That's great. But were you cheering enthusiastically? Oh, yeah. I was screaming oh, Ben's so, name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we did that at the last onsite, and it was a suggestion from somebody who said, hey, like, this is the most fun event I've ever done at Wistia in this kind of setting. Can we do it again? And we did it in the first place because we realized, like, this type of thing that's, like, we stole this from like, you know, like a kind of like a fifth grade class. Like my wife is a fifth grade teacher. She does stuff like this all the time. We're always stealing stuff <laughs> from like fifth grade activities, eighth grade activities. It still it, hits. Well, it's, some of them hit yeah. better now. Yeah. Because I feel like when you're a kid, you don't think to like have the strategy yeah. or like have the planning or whatever. Should we reveal the winner strategy? I think we should. This was do you also, know the strategy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course you do, because you lost to it. Well, hey, now, <laughs> we were tied. We had a tiebreaker. Uh-huh. And I you can't, and he did? Yeah, now I can't, oh, but I can't you. remember if he, it must, the have strategy been, it was, must have been the strategy. It was literally nothing but rock. <laughs> the person <laughs> who beat 149 people won by rock, paper, scissors, rock. Rock, paper, just like rock the whole time. Is that well known? He just, he came up to me and he's savage. It was all rock. Literally every time <laughs> You're like, was rock. pardon me? I was like, wow, that's wild. You know, it's funny now that I'm thinking about it. That really is a great strategy because the thing about rock, paper, scissors is you're very anxious and yeah, your mind is your mind is like, do I do rock or paper or scissor? <laughs> but if you go into it with like I'm paper all the way, yeah. or like I'm scissor all the way, yeah. or I'm rock all the way. Yeah. Well it's funny. Who's doing paper all the way? That you know, seems that, so paper, bizarre. Paper is a paper weird seems like one. the weakest one. Yeah. But paper would have won. That's paper all would have like, beaten his I strategy. Think the whole point is that paper seems weak. I mean, it's like, this is well, a really in-depth really analysis. I'm going to give you a paper cut. I mean, come on. Paper Even if I hurt. tried it, it's unlikely for it to really work. Um, but yes. Underrated paper. That's what you're saying. <laughs> That's what we're yeah. saying. Paper, very underrated. Next year. Aren't well, there nicknames? Are there nicknames for the strategies? So there's a, wasn't there a documentary about this like ten plus years ago? I remember all scissors is is called the toolbox or something. Come on. Have you heard this? Come on. <laughs> is this real? Are you? I, I don't that? know. It's in there. Are you it could about be that stare down documentary. Is that what it? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that that's was like, it, that was probably like 15 years old. Yeah, that's like, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. We've gone off the rails. <laughs> we're very All right, far off. Okay. But I think we have to finish. So we did that activity yesterday, and then we obviously did an egg drop challenge. 
Also so a huge we, hit. We broke people into groups, 30 minutes. Everyone had like a bunch of materials. They had to make the best thing that could, you know, could protect their egg. An egg safe device. An egg, An egg safe, safe device. device. Yes. Um, which was really fun and also was cool. It was just cool to see like the amount of creativity that came out in that in such a short period of time. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was I just was, like people had the spider approach of like pipe cleaners coming off this thing. People trying to make so parachutes. That was my personal stuff. favorite, even oh, though it too. didn't, didn't I, win. Yeah. No, the spider won. The spider. It went the lightest. No, the spider it, it broke. It broke in the second. Second round, yeah. Third, second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we spent like a huge amount of time on rock, paper, scissors, and the, and the egg drop. But um, did the kickoff, which was fun. Talked about our strategy, and then this week is set up to like basically have a bunch of strategic conversations and really try to create connectivity across the business. Like we've grown a lot. Even since the last time that Brenna was on the show, we've grown a lot. And we also are really such a remote company now, which is so different from us like pre-COVID. So having the on-site is a way to bring people together and try to get more creativity going across the business and establish those connections and that trust so that when people are working remotely, like they're having harder conversations. We're building better stuff. We're creating a better experience by doing that. So it's just like, it's fun to be doing this. And also personally, I'm finding the second one of these to be much less stressful than the first. Cause like the first one, I could not go to sleep the night before. I was so excited, but I was up to like 3 a.m. just being like, please go to sleep, please go to sleep. <laughs> and this time up, like just like energized by the day, but I have this expectation, like I know what it's gonna do in a way where like- yeah, What's really different? Sure. Just that you know what's coming? I think it's just, I know it's coming, yeah. Um, and that I think like the first time it felt like, do we have enough programming? Do we have enough stuff to make it worthwhile? And then the answer was like, literally just having people in the same space was so much of the benefit. Yeah, I think I was nervous with the first one too, that so many people were new to Wistia, hadn't experienced the in-person culture, yeah. and then what kind of, what would happen when you get this big group of people together? Some people who had been had experience that some people were not, and what happened very quickly. I feel like people were reminded. Oh, I work with really great people who are smart and passionate and nice and empathetic, and it just kind of worked really quickly. But I feel yeah. like a similar thing. I was braced for something. I don't know what. It's just you know, it's it's very different than the normal day to day work. Yeah, I will say this onsite and the last onsite both remind me of like a different era of Wistia, though. In like probably like. 2015, 2016 was just when everything was like really connecting. Like we had the product, we had the brand, we had the content, we had the marketing and like, it felt like, wow, is this even work? Like this doesn't feel like work. And then we did optimizations of things and scaled things and we got bigger and I was like, oh, are we gonna lose that kind of energy? Or it felt different. Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, even though we're bigger than we've ever been, it really reminds me of this time of like massive amounts of creativity, but also just like the work doesn't feel like work. It's very weird, but like we just had this like strategy meeting for like two hours. Triannual business review. The triannual business review, <laughs> yes. That sounds way more boring. Yes, and you would think. Oh, that's, that's very, yeah. You yeah. would think like, so everyone's sitting in the room going through a strategy, asking questions, trying to understand what we're doing next, trying to figure out how it aligns with the things we're doing now. Like, you know, we'll get into this, like empowered teams, all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, this is fun. Maybe I'm just a weird person, but I'm like, it's like fun to be looking at the metrics and talking about what's working and talking about what's not working, hearing ideas coming from different folks. It just doesn't feel like work in a way. And that's been really cool to experience that. It's like, oh wow, you bring all these people together. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah, I think for me, always the most fun part of all of this is when 
you have a big group of people who are all trying to accomplish one goal together. And I mean, it's been a little slow to get started in this era. I think we spent a long time laying a foundation of a new strategy, which I think we talked about a little bit last time. Did yeah. we talk about this? Um, which is all this pre-work to kind of get everyone focused on the same thing and the same outcome. And now it's like the pace is starting to pick up. And yeah, I mean, a triannual business review <laughs> sounds so corporate and so boring, but it was a group of people. We're all looking at the same goal and the same thing yeah. and trying to think about how we can accomplish it. Um, and that is why I feel like people are animated yeah. in that yeah. uh, as, discussion. As you're saying that, also a group of people looking at the same content, figuring it out. The feeling is like what I imagine it feels like you know, this sounds Is this so an cheesy. F1 analogy? About no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been using a lot of F1 analogies, but I, I was going to go sports analogy. I was going to go F1. Do you want me to, I could spin it towards it. No, I, I imagine like a team looking at game tape, like talking about like how they're doing and critiquing the game tape and like, you know, experts at different things coming up and being like, look at how this person did this. Like we should change that next time or whatever. And like you want to be on a team that's doing that and that we are and seeing it happen. It's like, yeah, it's fun to figure out how to do this better. It's fun to figure out what stuff's working, what's not. And also when you understand the problems really well, you just need creative answers to things. And the creative problem solving process is so energizing that I think it just doesn't, it's like, well, what, what should we do now? What should we try now? What should we do next? And also how do you create the connections between people? It's like, you have an idea and you have an idea and you haven't been talking, but like, Put this together. What if that happened? You were on warp speed right now. That's what I feel like. You are going. Yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, I can see you were talking too loud and fast yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm, all the things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like as business leaders, a strategy kind of takes time. Like you said, you have to lay the foundation. So how do you keep the team motivated? Because I feel like there's got to be times when the impatience is just like, we want to just make the thing already. Like, how do you keep them motivated and kind of like centered on that long-term goal. Yeah, I think. (laughs) Real stumper. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good question. I think this is true for a team. I think this is also true for like, honestly, for like personal habits. Like you set whatever the long-term goal is, and then you have to figure out how to measure really short-term things. And often at the beginning, it's like the inputs. It's like, how do I measure the things that I'm going to do that I think are gonna create the outcome? Or how do I, measure things like not necessarily like quantitatively, but qualitatively. And so when we talk about like whenever we're working on a new product, for example, um, it's like, all right, we have the vision of where we want it to go, the things we want it to do. It might take years to get there. Well, can we make a mock-up? Can we make a proof of concept? Can we get it in front of customers as a deck and see what they say? And like just that first thing, like if you get in front of 10 people and they're all like, yeah, this looks awesome. I want this. You have to share that energy and you have to like, bring everyone along on the journey. And if it doesn't work too, it's almost like it's you can't fail unless you're not learning. And so how do we set ourselves up so that we're learning so rapidly? And, and ultimately that is motivating. Now doing something and not getting any response or getting any feedback or any learning, that sucks. So sometimes, I mean, we've definitely had these projects that are huge and take a long time and they're not getting in front of a customer for a long time. Those are the hardest by far to keep people motivated on. Um, but I think even in those moments, like if it's your team isn't learning, but the company is, how do you share that across the business is like another thing too. It's like, we're all part of this big team as a company. We've learned X, Y, Z. You're like, Oh, cool. Okay. I can see that we're making progress. I think it's that. And like, it's also having 
a goal that's big enough that people actually believe in, believe like you can actually accomplish. And it's those things. I mean, I think it, the reason I was just I'm quiet is I think it is a hard question. It's something that we've been struggling with uh, for a long time. I think when we first started talking about the strategy, what you're talking about is right. It's a big problem, right? It takes people time to start to wrap their mind around it. So that's an engaging process. But then getting the pace right is hard and being patient and consistent. There have been times where we wanted to rush ahead yeah. and say, oh, this is taking too long, this is too slow, and then you're kind of shortchanging your process. Or there's other times, like you're talking about, where we're spending too much time thinking and then not doing anything, and then you've got part of the, you know, this is now a group of 200 people, right? So people with a lot of different motivations and what, you know, gets them excited. Some pieces where, hey, we should be going faster and trying more things. And it was really exciting yesterday because like the, our kickoff, a big part of that was, hey, we laid the strategic foundation a year and a half ago. Internally, there's a lot of progress along the way as some of these bigger projects are going into beta or alpha with customer or alpha or beta with customers or, you know, just tracking kind of what's happening. But the first piece, product changes or messaging changes kind of hit market this summer for us. And so that's a big moment for us internally and for the team where it's starting to happen. But that's a lot for, you know, and, and especially from being a company of two people and four people where the stuff is happening at a really rapid pace and you're always experimenting to have like that feeling of a year and a half from when you lay a strategy to some of those things are happening. It's been hard to get the pace right. I think we're still struggling with that. Yeah, I mean, that first period was very hard. And then I, what I was thinking about is like when people were questioning it, they're like, oh, are you gonna... So are you going to stay on the strategy or are you going to shift strategy? Because whenever you shift. And can you guys say the strategy? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. strategy. The yeah. secret strategy. The secret strategy. <laughs> yeah, the, the strategy, this is going to be so obvious, I feel like, to our customers because they've been asking for this, but is really to be like a complete video marketing platform that helps you with everything from creation to editing your video to repurposing it, organizing it, um, and tracking its impact. And I think some people probably see Wistia as that already, but we see huge amounts of opportunity to expand our product footprint a lot. And so for a long time, you know, video hosting and analytics is what people think about Wistia as. Mm -hmm. And we have Soapbox, which is a creation tool, but it's a separate product, like it's on the website, but you log in a Soapbox, you see different stuff mm -hmm. than you see in Wistia. And you can push videos from Soapbox into Wistia, but it's not like, it's not set up just so that it, everything is in one place, but like, Examples of this change are in June, we launched an editor, which we've talked about on the show. And the editor is, is very, very simple, but it's, it's, it's seamless. Any video in Wistia can now be edited. You can trim off the ends of any video. You can pull out the middle of any part of a video. And, and that's the first version of this. So, you know, as an example, like that team starts working on this problem last year. Mm -hmm. They launch an alpha, as we know, then they get feedback and they got to a place where they launched the beta and they get feedback. And now it's out. And now they're gonna keep working on the problem and keep iterating from here and adding more functionality and stuff. The hard part was like, all right, do people want an editor? That's the first question someone mm, asked. That you're like, sort of figuring out. Aren't there out. other products that do this? Of course there are. And then you talk to enough customers in the first period of time and we realized, no, people do want it to be all in one. So it's like, here's a strategy, it's all in one. Well, is that really what customers want? And they go talk to them, that is what they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then should we do everything under the sun in the editor? Because the first, you know, many of the things that are thrown out in the first version of that were like many more features than what are in the product right now. 
And I was like, yeah, they want that, but the core thing has to be easy. Right. And so then it was that, it, and as you get more and more sold, like you know the customer, you understand their problem, it get the motivation's much easier. Because now it's just about when is this thing coming out? How many people can it help? You know, how much time can we give back to somebody? And then at this point, now that it's out, we see people use it, is using it, and you know, so many videos being edited. You look at the graphs and it's just like straight up to the right in terms of numbers of videos that are being edited with this thing. It, you can start to realize now these people have a fluency with this product, you can start to add more functionality into it. And then you have a new area of the product that people don't even know exists. And so it's just constant balance between all those different things. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds long and hard and and like that piece of, well, you, you were saying like the product went to market in the summer and like you guys finally were able to have that external validation. Like how did that feel for your team, do you think? Like were they kind of over, was it the first time that they were like, we're not in an echo chamber? I think, I mean, thankfully, the edit is a good example where that was maybe the third or fourth version, the one that was launched, you know, more widely to customers where we made a, you know, marketed it. Um, but I think it still was very validating. Um, and especially to see, you know, the rest of the company to rally around it. And the marketing launch was done really successfully, I'd say, too. So they, I mean, I think that team had high conviction that was the right problem to solve. But it's always hard when you're in it to know have you built, like Chris was talking about, it's so, it's, it trims the video, right? So you can have a lot of questions of, is this enough? Is this really going to solve the problem? It's like, if you've ever, I don't know, you're giving a presentation or something, you have that trough of sorrow where you're like, am I saying anything useful to the world? This <laughs> yeah. is so simple what I'm trying to yeah. do. Or is this trim, this is just trim a video? Like people can do this in quick time. Is this really yeah. that helpful? And then to see, I think, to see it be adopted more widely by the customer base was certainly super validating to say, oh no, having this in this tool that I use every day, this is so useful to have it here. And I think that was a big moment. I mean, we're also talking a lot about empowered teams as we're doing this. And like, we talked a little bit last time you were on about it, but I, I think it's helpful to like, kind of for anyone who's trying to figure out what is an empowered team and like, what does it look like when it's working? And like, maybe in this context, um, and how do we think it's going? I think it's, it is a challenge. So we said, I don't exactly remember what we said last time, but we are making a big shift as a company from going to, like you said, rallying around a few major product initiatives or, or launches a year where more or less the whole product org swarms around those and makes them happen. And I feel like you kind of named some of the things that were challenges about that, which is you're not making consistent progress on other parts of the product or things that your customers value. You're mostly kind of geared probably towards shinier, you know, stuff instead of making sure that the, the base product is strong. And it's also, I think, a challenge where if you don't have a strong strategy, those become a proxy for strategy. And then you're never really empowering the team, right? Because those are effectively top-down initiatives. And so when we created the strategy, a big part of it on the product side was we need to invest more heavily in product, which is now we've crossed 200 people in this company. So we have grown a lot this year. Yeah. A lot of that is in the product and design and engineering orgs to get to a place where all of these teams are staffed and are long running. For anyone who's listening who's ever been on a team, fairly obvious to say, but it takes time to start to work as a team. We talk a lot about the 
form, storm, norm, perform yeah, stages of, yeah, yeah do you Back want it up and say it again? Yeah. <laughs> this is a thing in Brooklyn schoolyards that yeah. is often uh, discussed. Oh, play, oh, play. <laughs> yeah, basically this idea, there's this idea when you're having, you're trying to create a high functioning team that you have to form, form the team. Yep. Storm. <laughs> that yeah. okay. storm is like brainstorm. No. Storm storm Wrong. is like people come in with different ways that they want to work. And Very also true. if you if you have a team of four people, you add a fifth, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. You have to redivide ownership. You have a new team. You have a new team. Effectively. Basically you have a brand new team. So you have to form storm and then norm is like, what are our When norms? the storm makes sense? That you're sort of accepting that everybody has slightly different working styles and you are or trying- Or just different ownership because that team was accomplishing everything. Right. So it's like the three of us and Steve, who no one can see, and like we're doing this podcast <laughs> and we're the making all these man. decisions. And then Adam comes in and he wants to play a role in the podcast and we want him to play a role. Do we? Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> after what he did to you. JK, yeah, Adam um, Day. Uh, no, but basically Adam comes in and he's like, what can I help with? What can I own? Well, he, he comes in and he's going to do something that probably all, maybe all of us are doing a part of, or maybe it's your role is being split in half, whatever. The storm changes the team. It changes what people own. It changes yeah. dynamics. And it's like if you've ever been on a team, it's that point where you kind of feel lost in the wo of what am I supposed to do or something else where there's yeah. usually a lot, of, there could Which be a I lot of a friction. a lot of people can relate to that. Like yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah. Interpersonal yeah. things because it's stressful to so figure out new roles. are you just saying that the storm part of the process is like inevitable that that it's happens? Inevitable. It okay. always happens. So you always storm. You always Maybe storm. Maybe the storm is short, but you always storm. Okay. Then you norm so that you, you create the norms of like, how will we work as a team? So now they have to be updated because you stormed and you figured out like different roles and then you perform, right? So what that also means is if you have a team that's not changing, mm -hmm. you go through that process once, then you're performing. If you're hiring very fast, like we have this year, we've added 70 people already this year. You're storming a lot. There's, yes. And so that actually you have a team, it goes through the process, starts performing. Three weeks later, new person joins. Yeah. You have to do it again. Storm's coming. And so it slows you down. It just, it slows you down again. No. So you must slow down to eventually have more horsepower to speed up. And not recognizing this is like a huge problem. Like, because people get really confused. Yeah. Like, why is this system that was working perfectly before now so broken? I was like, well, you're still storming. Like, oh shit, we're storming. We need to redefine the roles. We need to redefine the process and then we can perform. And you could try to mitigate this, like you can try to have someone come in and really define their role up front and the existing team can say like, this is what, exactly what this new person's gonna do, whatever. But human beings are complicated. It never works out exactly like that. Yeah, especially in any uh, creative endeavor where it's always gonna be, like you want some of those, you know, not to be strictly, strictly defined versus yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think of another analog where it's like, I'm moving a box from one side of the room to another, right? You add more people and then you just do the, you know, it's more yeah. defined versus building product is a creative process. Creating podcasts, creative product. It's, it makes the storming piece, I think, more difficult. Right. This all makes sense. Yes. When you were last on the show, you talked about empowered teams. Now you're starting to kind of implement that. You have more empowered teams mm -hmm. and you've seen some successes and some challenges. Yeah. And I would say like things we've figured out is like just being bigger, more stuff has to be written down. Lanes have to be more clearly defined. You have to get people to buy in or push back on 
the lanes that people own. This is part of what we were doing this morning. Mm -hmm. And it's what people are doing over there right now. Yeah, it's like, and more written down too. We yeah. had, we talked about the strategy. We had done, I think a pretty good job at the highest level company strategy, writing it down, repeating it. Also the lesson, you know, we keep learning over and over is you, there's no number of times you can repeat, you know, it, yeah. you need to constantly repeat, which is you hired 70 people this year. So maybe we repeated the strategy a bunch at the start of this year, but that's why we did it again at the kickoff because yeah. there's people who joined. We, the you know, way we look at it week. now is there's always new people. So you have to imagine people are hearing this for the first time. And I was talking to someone today who joined, this is the, he joined last week. And he's like, it was awesome. Like, I feel like I have a sense of the whole business. And I was like, that is amazing. But it's also like the first 30 minutes of it, like it's gonna have to hear it a lot to like really internalize it and really get it. Um, but that's also just, you figure that you hear about having to repeat yourself a lot. And it doesn't, it seems like, why would you need to do that if your team's not changing? But when it's changing. Right. It's also very unnatural to repeat yes. yourself over and over, right? It's yeah. super annoying it in most hollow. contexts. Yes. Yeah. And then, but if the team is always changing, there's new people or sometimes, you know, and people are busy and they're doing a lot of things, right? It's helpful to hear it again and again. And the thing I was going to say too, is we had that company strategy, but we hadn't put the same rigor and built out um, that to the depth, let's say in all the different parts of the product. So one thing that's happening this week is the different product groups are taking that company strategy, which was then distilled into a product strategy that's more specific. And then the product groups are defining strategies there to write that down and codify or codify, however that word is pronounced, that into strategies for those product groups. And that will be really useful. We think that's a like go slow to go fast um, type of piece. If you're joining those teams, it's a, it's a helpful decision-making framework. So people and, can move and another interesting thing on that is like, for each group, we're trying to say like, what are the outcomes you want to shoot for? And what's the strategy? But actually like, how are you doing it? They should own. So like, what are they building next? What are you delivering next? Like, and ideally, I think what's happening is that that's where the pace really starts to come of like trying stuff faster and faster and faster to learn, like get the speed of learning up. Mm -hmm. But to get to that place, you can't just, you, there's no way to micromanage your way to this place. Like it's an impossibility basically as the company gets bigger. Like not that we've tried, but you can tell like this may be, it's just to get everyone going in the same direction, you can't do that. And so we see it as like, what's the framework of strategy? What's the framework of values? Like how do you put this stuff together so that ultimately it's easier for folks to like make decisions that are all going in the same direction, even though you actually have freedom over what it is you're going to be building, what it is you're going to be doing, like what content you're going to be making, what exactly you're presenting to a customer. Like you have to have freedom because the company is just changing so rapidly. But I feel like all this stuff, it's easy on paper. And we're like, all right, here we go. We're like, build these teams, do exactly what we said, write down the strategy. They will own the how. And it's like off to the races. It'll be super easy. Some other things that I feel like I did not see coming is we're grappling, I think, with the nuance between the two ends of the spectrum. So one where you have everything is top down or some small group controls exactly what people are doing. And another where you could imagine we have 200 people here, but no one talks to each other. Mm. And each person has to build their context themselves and figure out what to do from scratch. And obviously our goal as a company is to provide value to customers and make something that's useful to them. You have the person who joined the company last week probably is just getting up to speed on how to do this. And then you have the person who's talked to customers for 10 years, right? They have very different contexts. And one thing that's been difficult, and I don't think we've nailed yet, is 
how do you get the best out of both where you have a team that is empowered in building that context, but we also don't have the luxury of time to say, here, take five years or two years to build up all of that context before you start to really ship things that make sense. How do you almost like cheat and get some of that from some of those people? But who are those people? When do you engage them? It's helpful to have a fresh perspective. Like that balance, I think, is something we're really grappling with right now. Yeah. I think another kind of like, as I'm thinking about all this change and all this growth and like talking about scaling, the other thing it brings to mind is just like culture too, which is this, this is all parts of culture, but I think is worth like addressing because one of the most common questions I get is just like, hey, Wistia, you had this incredible in-person culture. Like we know that we saw in the videos, you won the awards, like, uh, <laughs> but like, what is it actually like now? Like, what do you do in this world that's remote? And I mean, it's been now two and a half years of this. And I, I feel like we've evolved a lot, but like, how do you feel about the culture now? And like, how would you describe it to someone today? It's a big question. I feel like a lot of the, there's like a through line from like a Wistia, like a in, full in-person Wistia to what we have today. And some of those elements are really like empathetic, inclusive, creative, some of the things that have been harder, I think remotely that came very naturally in person as the rock, paper, scissors is a good example is like some kind of frenetic energy, the type of energy that when you're stuck on a problem or you're, you're like lost in strategy land that like gets you out of it and gets yeah. you just moving and, and trying things. I still believe a lot of that is more, it's easier and more natural in person and not in you know 30 minute increments over zoom or or program now that it's you can obviously build really meaningful relationships um remotely but it happens like way faster and more naturally and those are the types of things that help i think teams do really hard things or when stuff doesn't work and we've been talking a lot too of speed and innovation and failure you need to celebrate and have a tolerance for failure and i think i don't know i'm thinking think, this is like occurring to me right now as i'm saying it but if you have that that web and connection of kind of in you know support yeah. with a team it makes failure easier than if you don't yeah i feel like a lot of our culture before just happened naturally it's like the way that we would like to work you know adding the chaos and now we've had to be so like focused in the things that we've done to like create similar experiences remotely and we figured out a lot of it for sure you're saying is that we've had to engineer it more like We've had to engineer what, what it more. we want to get to yes. and then figure out ways to try to achieve it versus it yeah just being more organic yeah it, yeah that, that feels right yeah and the, i think it's also this lesson of like um you know talking to our friends like nick francis who's on the pod earlier and like folks who have been running remote companies for a long time who so are like of course you always get together in person and i i just think it's like the hard thing is hybrid which is both but that's ultimately what everyone has to do and figure out how to have parts of the culture that you need to like enact the strategy and have people grow and have fun. It's funny too, that I was talking to someone last night who's I think been on the team maybe a month or so about remote work and he had worked remotely for 10 years yeah. prior to the pandemic. And he reminded me of something that I think Nick had told me before too, when we first went remote and we were asking for yeah. advice and help. He's like, he's like, hey, I'd worked, this this, this person talking to Joe, I said, I had worked for 10 years. I love remote work. What was happening for, you know, the last two years yeah. with the pandemic is not remote work. I hated that remote work where yeah. the world is in crisis. And it's interesting to think of, you know, Wistia 
in this remote world, it's actually a shorter period, you know, of somewhat more normal remote time. Exactly. Where we can do these. Yeah, and this is making a big of, yeah. difference is like being able to get people in person and shoot stuff in person and get teams saying like, hey, you want to get together to work on something, you should. Versus before, like, don't leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> right, like that was not fun for anyone. Yeah, I th but I think it's easy to forget that like, I mean, I, you know, I, I was talking to a friend who's having a lot of trouble right now. Like, sadly, a lot of tech, right, is being like pretty negatively impacted right now by the economy and talking about like how stressed they are that all this basically, you know, they're seeing changes in customers coming in and, you know, another friend who had like raised money and then had so much trouble raising money again, even though like you'd look at it and you're like, this is this wildly successful thing. Like what's happening is like, we are not done with the implications of COVID. Like it's a once in a lifetime thing to live through a pandemic and like, well, hopefully, hopefully of this scale, of this scale. So hopefully, hopefully. But when we were at home is really easy to say like, holy shit, I can't believe we're living through this. And now as so much of the world is back and you can go and do things and not feel as afraid, it's almost harder to say we're still living in this moment of like huge change, but we actually are. But I think at least for me, I have to remind myself of that because it seems just like it did before. You know what I mean? Well, our new normal keeps kind of reinventing itself and then we have to kind of catch up to that. Exactly. But like these people who are struggling right now, like, why am I struggling? You're struggling because this change that's hit the system hasn't worked all its way. Well, we talked about change. Yeah. We talked about the pandemic. We talked about teams. What do you guys hope? Somehow I became your interviewer. Yeah, you took, that's fine. What do you guys hope that people take away at the end of this week? Like top three things. Mm -hmm. Top three things? Top three takeaways. I mean, just with so many new people and existing people, this will be, we'll have 150 people here, are here right now in person. I think, I mean, this is very simple, but it is the, the connections with their team and across the company too, especially the ones across the company, because, you know, you meet with your team by default, right? Like right. you, that's what's on your schedule every morning. It's the ones across the the company, especially as we've gotten bigger. I think if people leave this and they feel like they have a personal connection with folks in other parts of the company, that will make a lot of the work that we have to do through the end of this year and next year go a lot more smoothly. That's only one. It's only one. You got two more if you want. Or you could just, you know, you could take I'm gonna, one. Let me take a, let me think. Yeah, I will just say like another kind of angle of that is like the connections matter a huge amount because like you have to do hard stuff. And so when you have that base of trust, you, you talked about this before, you have more freedom to fail, but you have also more freedom to push back. Like if you disagree or admit when you don't understand something, yeah. right? And I think that's what I really hope people take from this is like, hey, we're all human beings behind the screen. And it was funny yesterday, we we're doing this kickoff and to see a room full of people. And at one point I thought to myself, usually they're just little squares. <laughs> like all those little squares are real 3D humans. Yeah. And I think it's like easy to forget that. And when you do, you don't have as much empathy for what people are going through and the challenges that people are going through. And I think it's the same thing with customers too. Like if you forget, they're not numbers, like they're human beings, like they're people with like lives and careers and like, you know, they want to advance in their career. They want their business to do better. We need to help them in the way that we can like do that. It's just like that reminder of like the human connection is just so important. So I, I hope that's what people take away from it. And I think they will. 
And I think, I hope that people take like, you know, one of the things, the reason we've been able to do this so long is because we actually enjoy it. We talked about that before. You know, I am a sick person. I enjoy a triannual business review. Uh, most people probably don't. But um, uh, I think everyone's enjoying that. Yeah. I think you're not alone. <laughs> but I think that like, actually enjoying the work itself and the process is one of the secrets to doing hard things. And like, uh, I hope that that's what people can take away a little bit of like, oh, we had permission to, you know, we spent time as a company doing a rock, paper, scissors tournament and an egg drop challenge because we want everyone to have fun together, but also we want people to see just how creative in a very short span of time we could be. And like, we had 14 teams and like 10 of the teams in 30 minutes built egg safety devices that protected their egg from a height of like 25 feet. Like that was ridiculous. And only two of those 10 teams won awards, one of which was mine. Congratulations. Oh. Well, uh, <laughs> on that note, on Sylvie's win. Well, on the note of victory. I think that's probably it, right? Is there other stuff we Final should Final thoughts? Final thoughts? I don't know. I was just going to add on number two to what oh, okay. the takeaway, which yeah. is just building off that, that the other thing I think that's hard to see when you're working alone in your house or coffee shop is the energy and excitement of other people that is very visceral when everyone gets together. And I think that is, there's like, you know, I don't know what metaphor, like a battery metaphor, right? A thing like, an uh, event like this for me recharges that to the max yeah and that powers you know motivation uh you know through when things are challenging or with that team and that's what i hope at the end of this week people feel like that part of what they need to be successful is full to the brim ready to go to the brim to the brim, to the brim. To the brim y'all um <laughs> well brendan thank you for doing this where where can people connect with you online how can they learn more from you? <laughs> How can they learn more from me? I am uh, on Twitter at Brendan. That's it, at Brendan at Twitter. Um, you don't want to really release not the TikTok? very active. I don't even know what my TikTok. I am a very uh, <laughs> avid TikTok lurker. I don't even know what my handle is on TikTok. You can't find me there. Don't find me there. Don't find him there. <laughs> uh, Twitter is good. Twitter is good. Yeah, DM me. You can email me at Brendan at Wistia.com. I have been known to give out my cell phone number. Do you want to do it? Don't we'll, do we'll it. We'll bleep it. We'll bleep it. Don't do it. Yeah, sure. It's yeah, easy to remember. Whoa. Yeah. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Not a vanity number. Just no, so is... that'll all be bleeped, right? You can leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the audience, the viewership of this? These are all, you know, people with... With who have cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> cell phone, I mean, it's people who are, you know, they have other things to do besides text me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Some of our hardcore fans. Well. Might not put it past The them. TTL heads. <laughs> you know what? I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. We'll leave it in. All right. Thanks, Brendan. You're welcome. Great to see you. Great to see you. I mean, I'll, I'll see you all the I'll time. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>See how excited we get about business? Yo, that try. Wait, was it try annual business review? Try annual. Yeah. Re <laughs> Is that how I said it? Yes. Oh no. The try try annual business review. Yeah. Uh, the try annual business review. Yes. That that is the meeting we had today. Triannual means we do it three times a year. Got that. We used to do quarterly business reviews, which people talk about, mm -hmm. but we wanted to innovate, so we went from four to three. 
Uh, no, truthfully, it was just like when we were doing four year, people were stressing and putting too much effort into getting ready for that. Yeah. And it was like, it almost felt like it was like turning so quickly. It was like, seriously, like, why do we need to do this this many times? And this year we did it three years. We've done it four times a year for, you know, the last like four years or something. And this year we switched to three times. And honestly, it's been way better. I know that seems crazy. Doesn't seem... <laughs> It doesn't seem I don't that know. crazy. I said everyone's like on a quarter. Dude, what are we going to do this quarter? No, I, like, I think quarter is a little bit overkill. Yeah. It's like we just met. Yeah. We just we met. We just met a quarter ago. Calm down. Yeah. We do have many things on quarterly systems, just to be clear. But um, yeah, triannual business review. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are both very excited about it. Brendan is a delight per use. He's, oh, always, always. What a delight. Yes. I wish that you and Brendan could have worn your hats that you were wearing at the onsite yesterday, <laughs> an egg beret, and then what was on your like bucket hat? My bucket hat was just a bunch of fried eggs. Oh, it was fried eggs. Okay, yeah. I didn't get like an up yeah. close. So that w- they surprised us with that. Oh, nice. Yes. very cool. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, like we had him on the show in January, mm-hmm. and you guys were talking a lot about some of the growth benchmarks that you were hoping to hit this year, mm-hmm. and like you've hit a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and it's wild that like. Now you kind of get to not sit back and relax, but like take stock in how much you've grown. Totally, yeah. I mean, it's also, we've had two huge things that have happened already. And then we have another really huge thing happening in the next couple of months. And whenever you have a big thing coming, we kind of have this pent up energy because like you've just been waiting for these moments. And as the moments start to roll, we have much more freedom to be like really not that we were not being creative, but like to do a different type of creative process, um, which is exciting. And obviously it's exciting to be on track in terms of hiring, like this, so many people, it's crazy. Um, and it's exciting to be on track with like launching the stuff that we have and everything else. So it's, yeah, it's been quite a year. Quite a year. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that we could do this. Me too. What a delight. You know, what's funny about this, just to really like open this up, like, you know, we're hanging out, you're here at the onsite. Yep. And we're having conversations with people. And we're like, should we just record an episode while we're here? Like, of course we should. This was a spontaneous yeah. record. And that, I think, is also adds like to the fun of something of just like having a little bit of regular time to do that makes it even easier for us to like plan around and do things and stuff. So totally. And like, you know, you guys talked a lot about this energy that's like palpable when you're all together. And I feel like the idea for doing this episode was truly a result of that energy. Like yeah. it's contagious. You want to find ways to like contain it and manifest it. And like, this was just a blast. So yeah. super happy to be here talking too loud with you and Brandon, who was in that chair just moments ago. He sure was. Well, if you're still with us, um, don't forget to like, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously if you are just listening, you can watch this at wistia.com. You can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, just look for the Wistia channel. Um, and we'll be getting the video version also into Spotify soon. Yep. Um, and Apple Podcasts, which is sweet. But yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe. Please rate the show. It really helps us. Um, if you have feedback or ideas, you can send them to ttlpod at wistia.com or someone you think we should interview. And thanks for thanks for sticking with us, TTL Heads. <laughs> TTL Heads is not going to stick, can't. is it? Although, you know, usually like nicknames like this, <laughs> they stick. Like I like to call, we got Steve over here helping to shoot this. I like to call him Steve-O, Steve-O. and no one else does. Yeah. But it so, brings me so much joy to call him Steve-O. But if it only sticks with one person, does it truly stick? 
Well, we'll see, won't we, Steve, though? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And with that... We gotta go. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia. Hosted by Chris Savage. Produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day. Executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Maria Passingham of Edit Audio. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com.